pretty clear about something. Um, so I, you know, I used to coach college basketball at Stanford. That's how I uh, know Mary T. Uh, she was a volleyball player while I was a basketball coach. So I'm a little, I'm, I'm pretty standard athletic. I mean, but this little situation here <laughs> is, is going to be, I think there should be like an over under issue. I mean, I'm definitely going to lose my balance. That's, there's no bets there. But is she going to fall? Is she going to fall and stick the landing? Or is she going to completely fall? When she falls, does she rip her pants? All sorts of things need to happen. So is there a little, no, there's not a little chart we can fill out? We can't, yeah, we don't bet, do we? There's probably an app. It's the PCA church. Yeah, sorry about that. So uh, I was reading this quote, um, it's by a guy named Matthew Henry, and for those of you that didn't bring your Bibles, uh, which is probably all of you, right, I brought mine, so don't worry, we'll read from it. Um, if you have uh, a device that has, uh, I'm going to read a small passage, but turn your phones off, completely off, no phones, no nothing, and if I see you on your phone, Sandra Hardy, <laughs> Unless you're tweeting about the Matthew Henry quote I put up here. Do we have any tw tweeters around here? Zero, except for Philip. I'm sure she tweets. She um, so uh, if, if your phone's a temptation, then just leave it where it is, turned off. Uh, I will read something. But uh, I, w I do want to thank you for uh, letting me come. This is clearly going to be the last time I'm ever going to be asked to do this. <laughs> With this little stand-up routine I got going. <laughs> Stand up for now, right? Uh, fall down later. Um, for the, the, the missionaries and people who uh, live on support, um, who depend on others um, so that you can fulfill the ministry that God has um, you called to do, uh, thank you. Um, you're an encouragement to us. Um, and uh, I think a lot of us don't really know how it feels to depend physically upon the Father. Um, <laughs> a lot of us don't ever want to know what that feels like, to be honest. And so uh, we're going to ask the Lord to continue to bless your ministry. Um, and thank you for blessing us with your presence. And I hope that what I share will be an encouragement to you. Um, because I love missionaries. I, like uh, Ingram said, I worked at Mission to the World for nine years, um, and I just moved over to Oak Mountain uh, in the beginning of October. And I'm ecstatic uh, because I sense that this is exactly what the Lord has called me to do. I, um, I, I was telling a friend that, you know, I, I'm from New Jersey, so if I'm a little e. Just know. It's, it's the jersey that hasn't come out yet. If, you, you know, if I'm behind you on 280, I'm sorry. I really am. Um, but, uh, so, but I moved down to Atlanta years ago, and um, the, the Southern Evangelical Church is where I love to be. Um, and I know that uh, I've heard statistics about Birmingham being the most church city in the world, right? Um, and so, you know, None of us need to hear the gospel, right? Um, but what does Jesus say? Jesus says, narrow is the road, right? And a ton of people enter through it. No, few enter through it. And so there are two things I don't think we ever should assume. is just because somebody goes to church doesn't mean they're a believer. I had a friend just say, you know, you walk into McDonald's and you're not a hamburger, right? <laughs> kind of cute. Um, but everybody goes to church. It doesn't mean everybody knows Jesus. Um, 
And so I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here. Oh, yeah, the Matthew Henry quote 20 minutes later. Matthew Henry said um, about this story we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the woman at the well, the aftermath. We all know the story, you know, living water and all of that. Uh, maybe we don't, so I'll retell it short. Um, we're going to talk about the aftermath. Matthew Henry says in this story, our master, Jesus, Jesus. our master has left us an example that we, we may learn to do the will of God as he did, with diligence, as those that make a business of it, with del delight and pleasure in it. Um, with delight and pleasure in it. I think sometimes we look at missionaries and we think, oh, they're the professional Christians, right? Because you get paid to do your job. Me too, yeah. Me, Ingram, Phyllis, we're professional Christians, right? <laughs> right? So we must really know what we're doing. Um, but Matthew Henry seems to indicate that we're all supposed to do the work of Jesus. And I think that we're going to see in this story the difference between the woman at the well and the disciples um, and how they responded to what was going on here. At my, um, uh, my family, we have uh, this joke that anytime um, we're making dinner or something, we'll all, the kids will joke at the end, right before we're about to eat, all the foods on the table, and we'll say, wait a minute, does anybody want a nice salad? Now, we always have to say a nice salad because that's what my mom says, and she makes the rules. <laughs> and so it, the reason we laugh about that is because years before, we were, uh, we were about to eat, and like I said, once the food's on the table, we're like, we're ready. We don't need any more slow down anything. And so my mom was talking to my little sister, and she, my sister's name is Lori, and she said, Lori, don't you, don't you, wanna, do you want a nice salad? And I'm like, and, and I, I'm looking at Lori, and I know she doesn't want the nice salad. We don't want to eat. We want to eat right now. And she, my mom kept saying, come on, Susan, do you want, that's what they call me Susan. I'm Sue, but my mother calls me Susan, and so everybody, when my mom's around, call me Susan. She said, Susan, don't you want a nice salad? I'm like, no. And then she went back to Lori. Lori, you want a nice salad, don't you? Wouldn't a nice salad be nice with this dinner? We're like, what is she talking Finally, my sister caved, like we all do when mom asks us to do something, right? I mean, we're adults, but still, we cave. And my sister said, fine, mom, I'd love a nice salad, thinking, you know, my mom probably wants a nice salad and just wants somebody to say yes. So my sister finally caves, okay, mom, fine, I, I'd love a nice salad. My mom goes, well, there's the lettuce, there's the tomato, there's some avocado if you want that, and all that. So it was a complicated, nice salad. My mom wanted the salad. <laughs> she had already planned out everything. She had a couple more things to finish. She wanted my sister to do the work, to do the job that she wanted her to do. Why am I telling this story? I think that sometimes we look at the professional Christians and we want them to do their job. We want to help them do their job. We want to tell them where the salad is. We want to tell them where the lettuce is. Tell them where the avocado is. But you're really good in Bulgaria. No, I don't know the language, but you're, that's called you. I don't know, right? You're doing great. You're doing great. There's the lettuce, though. Don't forget about that. You want the nice salad? You want the nice salad? Do you like I think that sometimes we back up and we don't listen to what Matthew Henry was saying. It's all of our job, isn't it? You know, sometimes we forget. Um, we do the immediate thing. We do the immediate thing. And we don't remember what our job is as believers. And let me be clear. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. We're not earning anything. We're not earning a wage. But we, Scripture tells us over and over again that there's a job to do. We're here for a time and a, and a space. There, there's, there's one thing going on as it relates to the Lord, building his kingdom. And we're part of that, all of us. Some people in different spots, but all of us are. And I think the aftermath to this story, we hear um, Jesus talking about this. Um, so John 4, 
We remember the woman at the well, right? And I'm sure you've heard sermons, and I'm sure you've heard talks about this woman and how odd it was that Jesus and his disciples were in this spot. You know, they shouldn't have been there. I'm sure you've, you've heard the stories that the fact that Jesus, uh, it says in, in the King James that he must, he needs to go to Samaria. That's what it says. In, our, in my ESV, it says Jesus had to go to Samaria. It was pertinent. It was important. It was going to happen. And so he went the weird way, right? He saw this woman. Then we have this interaction. And we know about this woman. She is, uh, for lack of better terminology, in that day, to have multiple marriages and to be living with a man that wasn't her husband. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other word for her um, than a woman of the street, um, than a woman who uh, was looking for love in all the wrong places, was a woman who was identified, marginalized, cast aside. She wasn't just a half-breed, which was what Samaritans were, um, not half-breed, only um, ethnically. She was a half-breed spiritually. Her, her, her people only believed in the first five books of uh, the, the Bible. So there was a little bit of understanding, but the, the, the fact that a, a savior was coming, they weren't quite sure, and they worshiped on a different mountain. So she was, yeah! I mean, I'm getting revved up now. I mean, I, I know, we had a little prayer team over here. A little prayer team busted out and was starting to, to pray for that work. Okay, take it away, buddy. Take it away. Um, Nice. <laughs> it's always nice when the joke really has good timing. <laughs> so here's this woman at the well, and Jesus, his uh, disciples, it says in verse 8, the disciples had gone into the town to get food, right? So they're alone. And it's very odd. This conversation shouldn't have been happening. Him, single man, woman, not single at all, talking. Um, talking about the intimate details of faith they're having this conversation and remember you know you know the story she's confused and all that she doesn't get it she doesn't get what jesus is trying to say she keeps having religious arguments and finally at the end right she says something to the effect of or maybe exactly i know you know i don't know who you are but i know that the christ is coming and when he comes he'll explain all of this to us kind of like Look, we just need to let this, we need to agree to disagree, right? We'll need to let this go. And Jesus says what? I who speak to you am he, right? And it's actually in the Greek, it's I am. I who speak to you, I am. And so here we have John 4, right? The, the, what, what had happened with Nicodemus in, in uh, or the wedding in Cana in John 2, and Jesus said, it's not my time to reveal myself, right? And then Nicodemus, he reveals himself to this little Pharisee guy, right? And he's talking about what it is to be a believer. And then John 4, he reveals himself to this woman, right? Not at the wedding, to Nicodemus at night, and he chooses this woman. And that's what the story's about, right? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about new life and all of this. But then, what does she do? Do you guys remember what she does? Usually, this is where it ends. She, she left her water jar, right? And people, you know, we don't know. She freaked out. But no. What the text says is that she ran into the town, and this is where we're going to start. Now, remember where the disciples were. Where were they? In the town, buying food. It doesn't say how they decided to buy food. It just says earlier that he, that they were in town buying food. And here's the text. And hold on to what's about to happen here. And as you're hearing it, there are two scenes. 
there's the scene of the woman going into the town, and then there's the little scene with Jesus and the disciples. Poor guys, this is one of those, this is one of those stories you're like, oh, the disciples. Um, and we feel good about that because we're like, okay, so I don't have to get it. Just then, his disciples came back. You remember? Um, and they marveled that he was talking to a woman. They marveled, because, right, he shouldn't be talking to this woman. So scandalous. Uh, Jesus doesn't care about scandals, by the way. Not the prime point, but a minor point. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. Okay, so remember, here they are. Woman leaves the water jar, runs the town. At the same time, disciples have come back. So I don't know if they see each other. I don't know what the timing is there. But at this point, Jesus and disciples, she's gone and she's coming back with a posse, with a group, right? Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something, right? But he said to him, he said to them what? You remember this? I have food to eat that you do not know about. Of course, here come the disciples, as exactly how we would respond, right? They've come, they've gone into the, they did this, I did this for you. We went all the way to the town, right? Maybe what they're thinking. So the disciples said to one another, has someone brought him something to eat? Um, and Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Um, in general, when we read scripture, and there's a weird thing that Jesus says, that's the thing. That's the thing. We don't get it, we're shaking our head, the disciples don't get it, we're not quite sure, that's the thing he wants us to hear. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, this is Jesus still talking, do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. And then he says this verse that we use in missions talks all the time. What does he say? Look! Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white with harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages, we'll get there, and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. This is all very odd. You can tell that the disciples, we're, we're going, what, reaper, sower? Who did he send? I don't get it. Let's contemplate a little bit here. As we're, as the disciple, as we already know who this woman was. We, we, we don't need to talk about her too much. We know she's a marginalized woman. Nobody cares about her. Nobody cares about her. Jesus cares about her. That's the whole first part. Of it. He doesn't just care about her. He wants to win her. He walks up and he says, you're mine. You're not his. You're not his. You're not his. You're not his. You're mine. In a way that you have no idea how to understand what mine means. Right? Disciples come back. They say they're marveled that he's talking. So we realize that this woman is bad news according to the town. <coughs> By looking at her, they know who she is. You know the type? 
do you know the type? If we don't, we should. By looking at her, she didn't fit in. Why are you, why? They were marveled. They didn't even know the topic of conversation. They were marveled that he was even talking to her. So then they start talking about food, right? Remember, <laughs> they walk up and they say, yeah, Rabbi, eat something. There's this conversation, it's weird. And like I said, they had gone into town to buy food. We don't know exactly what happens, right? All we know is they went in, they came back, they had food, right? They went into this town in Samaria. They probably weren't incredibly comfortable. We know earlier and later, they had made suggestions that they weren't interested in going to Samaria. Remember that? This isn't the best place to go, familiar? <laughs> this is not 30A on the beach. Right? This is a yucky place. This is a place we're not comfortable. So we're going to go in, get the food. There's a drive-thru. I'd rather do that. <laughs> right? We know, we know, you know, we get off the exit. We're like, I'm not getting out of my car. <laughs> Thankful to the Lord Almighty for pay at the pump. You know what I mean? Right? The way we feel in those situations, that's where the disciples were. In and out. They come back. Rabbi, eat. And Jesus says, as odd as this is, I have food to eat that you do not know about. His food is to do the will of the Father. What I'm going to suggest here at this point is that the disciples didn't have the same eyes that Jesus did. Right? Um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, her name is, well, I don't want to give away names because... Phyllis might be tweeting, and I don't want to <laughs> expose my friend to that kind of, set it down, five percent right now. <laughs> um, my friend Kristen called me a few, oh man, I just said her name. <laughs> guys, turn the recorder off. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she, she calls me and she said, Sue, um, I have a, a friend that I kind of know in church that mentioned something to our Sunday school class. I said, what? She said, well, he has a woman in his company that uh, she's gonna lose her job and he thinks you know, all that's going on in her life, she's gonna end up homeless. And, and I, um, I really feel like you know, I've got this house with extra rooms that, that I should offer it out to her. So I was like, all y'all, probably, maybe some of y'all, maybe not. Some of y'all are like Kristen, some of y'all are like me. I'm like, well, first of all, there's a reason this woman's in this position. You know, where's her family, right? Um, do, you, do you know about her? Do you know um, what her history is? Has she been on the street before? Is this, have you asked a lot of questions? Does she know Jesus? Does she, um, does she have a criminal wreck? All these sort of, you have no idea who this woman is. You're gonna open her, your house up to her? You know, I said it really in a nice, wise sort of way. <laughs> so it sounded like I was caring about my friend, but in truth, what I was thinking was, do you really wanna inconvenience yourself? You know, is it, is, is it this, do you, not, I wouldn't say, oh no, you don't need to lend a helping hand, but let somebody else, you know, maybe a married couple with a man in there, you know, you don't know about this woman, you don't know anything, all the questions that make sense to us, right? And yet, she, she felt compelled to do it, she asked enough questions. You know, the truth is for me, just like my mom in the nice salad, you know, I, I want somebody, I want somebody to take care of this woman, but not my friend, certainly not me. I mean, I've got a big house, I've got plenty of room, and I'm like, mm, 
I like my space. It, what, are they gonna expect me to make coffee for them every day? They, I, I mean, I, I cook what I want, I get take, am I, gonna, am I responsible to feed this person? You know, all these conversations. Oh, God forbid I inconvenience myself, right? But you guys, we know that we feel like that. I mean, if it, if it doesn't resonate in you, then I praise God for you. If these questions don't resonate with you, then I, I, I'm thankful and I want to be more like you. I do. And I wonder if the disciples were similar in this situation. You know, and as we read the scripture, I, you know, I'm reading into what happened when, when they went to the town. I don't know. You know, I don't know if they, if they even talked to a Samaritan or if they said, hey, please don't touch our food. Do you, can you wear gloves or something? Because they didn't touch the same dishes. I mean, I don't know. And maybe this was a big step of faith for them to even go into the, to the town. But either way, they went in, got food, came back. And they, ha- they saw this whole situation differently. So the disciples said to one another in verse 33, has anyone him- brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, My w- I, the food, I have food that you don't know anything about, right? My food is the, to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Then he gives this um, illustration. Do you not say that there are four months and then comes the harvest? And here's the missions verse. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Remember what's happening. He's talking to the disciples here. But he says, look, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Remember what's happening. He's here. What's transpired? The woman has gone. Gone into this woman. Let's remember what woman this is. Let's be really clear about this incredible instrument that the Lord has chosen to use. She's the one that we don't talk to. She's the one that we don't have any friends like. She is different and so much different that she's messy and I don't want to minister to her. I don't want her in my house. I want her... I want somebody who's gifted in that area to minister to her, right? But I don't want to. And I'll pray for you. I'll support you. But I'm not doing it. The disciples went into town. I don't know what they did. I don't know if they were mean to people. I don't know if they were nice to people. All I know is they went in, got food, came back, and they're confused about this whole situation. And Jesus says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And so my, we, we, could, we could just imagine the disciples sitting there throwing down food. Jesus is completely satisfied because he's been doing the will of the Father. He's been eating the food that the Father has presented to him. They don't know what he's talking about. And he's trying to say, this is what I'm talking about. And here comes the woman. Here comes the town. She was down there. She said, this, this, this man told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Christ? These are Samaritans. Could he be the Christ? They're going to follow this woman, right? They're going to follow this woman. They're going to take her word for it right away. This is odd. People don't follow this woman, and yet this is the tool that Jesus chooses to use. The next part is uh, it's this illustration about the harvest, and let me read it again because there, there are terms, reaper, gatherer, sower, and laborers. We need to understand who these people are in the story to understand what point Jesus is making here. He says, uh, do you not say there are four months and then comes the harvest, right? So the idea, I don't know if we have any farmers in here. I love going to the mission field. When I go to Kenya, I remember I was talking about, it was Ruth and the, 
the gathering and all of that. And I was like, I don't know if you know, you know, because I read my commentary, so I know all about farming. And I, I said, do we have any farmers in here? Like every hand goes up, and I was like, you tell about this. You know, I don't have anything to weigh in here, right? I'm the idiot. This is this is my farming. Picking up a orange from the Publix. That's how I farm, right? So anyway, you know, they labor for four months. It takes a long time. It, it, it things to grow, and sometimes they don't grow, and, and this labor happens, and water and weeding. We know about weeding, maybe. And, and, and Jesus is making this point. He said, I sent you. Listen to what he says. Sorry, that's later. Um, he says, look, lift up your eyes. See the fields are white for harvest. And we see the people. In this story, Jesus is saying that the field is that town. The field is the woman at the well. The field is that town. That's what he's saying. There, there's no other way around it. Already, he says, this is right after the look at the fields are white for harvest. He says at the end here, already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. Okay, let's slow it down. I know I read it pretty slow. Already the one, remember they're sitting there. Look, I tell you, I'm not, I don't know if Jesus is pointing, but he does say look and he does say the one. Who's he talking about? Who's the one? Already the one who reaps is receiving wages. What are the wages? And gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. Already the one. The woman. She is receiving wages. And gathering fruit, she is. So that what? So that the reaper and the sower, is Jesus, may rejoice together. I um, Sorry, Mary Key. I walked into the door today. I haven't seen Mary Key since we were at Sanford 15 years ago. Where'd she go? Oh, great. This is so awesome. I can tell any story I want now. <laughs> she walked in. Come on, girl. I walk in, she's there. Now we're Facebook friends, and so that makes us really close. So, but we haven't seen one another. We haven't been together in one another's presence. And when I hugged her and she hugged me back, it wasn't the, now look, some of y'all don't love hugs, and that's okay, we'll deal with that. But I'm from Jersey. I am Italian, believe it. And when I hug, I want a hug. And I got one. I mean, Mary Key and I, we, if it wasn't for this event, we might still be hugging. <laughs> if it was up to me because I was so thankful to see to, to just rejoice to be in the presence of my friend someone I hadn't seen in a long time I mean it just isn't it great to see an old friend that is nothing in comparison to what rejoicing together with Jesus is going to feel like could you imagine just for one second I don't, you don't have to close your eyes but I'll make fun of you if you don't <laughs> Close your eyes and think for a moment. Think for a moment of what it would be like to walk in to a situation, walk into a room, walk into heaven, I don't know, and to sense the presence and rejoice with Jesus. To rejoice over 
whatever difficulties you walk through, to rejoice over a ministry that has failed and failed and failed and had this tiny little success, to rejoice over, and most of us have dealt with this, the desperation where we call out and nobody's there but Jesus. What does it feel like to rejoice together with Jesus? And so as we look at this passage and we see already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. I imagine it's been a while since this woman rejoiced. I imagine it's been a while since anybody followed her to do anything. And here she is. But let's also hear. So the two things, we want to see with Jesus' eyes, but we also want to learn from the disciples, you guys. And this is what Jesus says next. He says, for here the sower, here the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. Now we realize that. And at the end it says, you have entered into their labor. We know that if we are in the presence of somebody and they, for some reason, place their faith in Jesus or for some reason finally hand over a sin that they've been struggling with their entire lives, or if in some way you've helped them along this walk of faith, we all know that we're not doing it. We know that the Holy Spirit has gone before us. We know that other people have spoken into their lives. Our lives typically are, oh, this person said this, and this person said, my mom said this, and this, and it's a whole thing. A lot of people are laboring, right? And he says, he, he says, here the sowing holds true. One, the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. And now he's talking to disciples. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. What is he telling the disciples there? He's telling them what he didn't have to tell the woman. She left her water job, went back to the town. We have no idea what kind of baggage she walked into when she walks into that town. I don't know where her other four husbands were. I don't know where her other four husbands' new wives were. I don't know what kind of baggage she had. She didn't care. She didn't care. She walked into that town. Jesus says, I sent you. I sent you. And all you did was come back with food? That's it? The whole town? That's it? Not even a smile and a wink? Nobody followed you out here? You just brought the bread. Good job. <laughs> Jesus didn't say that. <laughs> did you stop the recorder on that? Perfect. You know, and so you can, uh, we can all understand how reading that, that text, that, that, uh, that, that quote from Matthew Henry, when he said, you know, we, we need to do the work of the Lord with diligence, with delight and pleasure, hope of rejoicing together with Jesus. Can we think about that? I mean, every time I talk to my friend Kristen, it's hard. It's very difficult to have this woman in her house. And I, I keep telling her that this is something that her and the Lord are gonna to rejoice together over because she is giving herself to this situation. I don't know what the Lord's gonna do. I don't know if he's gonna, you know, that this woman's gonna turn and she's gonna get a job and she's gonna write a book and she's gonna get the speaker circuit. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know, but, but that, that's not the goal. The goal is to do the will of the Father. And in Christian's mind, this was the will of the Father. We're gonna to rejoice together over it. Do we enter into our days to think about that? Look, I know. I know what life's like. 
a little. I know what my life's like. I, I, I know that sometimes we're just trying to get to the end of the day. Sometimes I'm just trying to get to dinner so I can relax and talk to somebody or not talk to anybody. Sometimes I'm just trying to get to Saturday so I can sleep as long as I want because I'm single and I'll be the only one at the house and I can, I can sleep as long as I want every Saturday. What? <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that's just what I'm longing for. Is that, you know what I mean? Is that, come on guys, really? Is that what we're looking for? What are we looking for? Are we hoping to rejoice together? Do we recognize that this this ministry, this earthly ministry, wherever we are, is, so, is, is, is kingdom work? Or do we just think that the professional Christians are doing it? I know you know this. You wouldn't be at a brunch for missions if you didn't know this. You wouldn't be here. I know you want to walk with Jesus. I know you want to have an impact. So do I, right? But maybe there are more, more opportunities for us to lift up our eyes. I know that uh, you guys have been hearing about you know, opportunities. We, do we see them? Are we willing to do something that's a little uncomfortable? A lot uncomfortable. Are we willing to ask the Lord? You know, he came to what? Seeking to save the lost, right? That's all of our calling, regardless of where we are. Um, and I thank God Almighty for people who are willing to set aside their lives to fulfill the life that the Lord's called them to. But we're all supposed to, <laughs> what are we supposed to do as Mark says? We take up our cross. We follow him, all of us. Whether we want the nice salad or not, all of us are called to this. And I think that Jesus is trying to communicate. And so as a point, he's trying to communicate that to the disciples. And he shows this woman. This woman is the showpiece of the story. Right? Um, practically speaking, let's consider a couple of ways that we can lift up our eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. I'm not saying go and find every homeless person and bring them to your house. I know that you don't think I'm saying that. I hope you don't think I'm saying that. But I am saying it's possible to pray about it. Did you think about that? I don't much. All I was thinking of reasons that we shouldn't because it's not wise. But maybe God might be doing it. I'll say it's possible. Maybe there are people here that have been sensing, sensing a nudge from the Lord to go somewhere. Somewhere that makes you uncomfortable. <coughs> Pray about it. I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna have a just as I am and we're gonna sing every verse and have people come down that are gonna go to the mission field. But we could. We could. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with listening to the Holy Spirit? And obeying him. Um, and the third thing is, I, I struggle with this. And like I said, you can tell by the way I responded to Kristen. I struggle with getting my comforts met first. Um, not everybody is called to have somebody live in their home. Not everybody's called to go to Kenya or Odessa or Bulgaria. But you might be. Not everybody's called to go into the gas station. <laughs> But you might be. Let's lift up our eyes. Um, and the last thing is, there is indeed a reward. Now, we read in scripture about jewels in our crowns. Now, I'm not saying I want to get more jewels in my crown, so I'm going to go to the mission field. But what I am saying is God rewards us as we rejoice together with him. There is, I think that because we're saved by grace, we forget that there are actual 
things that God wants us to do, and he gives us pleasure as we, as we say yes to what he wants us to do. Um, and so I would just all challenge us to, to encourage each other to walk in this way. Um, and I'm going to pray for all of us. I mean, uh, this thing with my friend Kristen isn't something that I made up, or it's not something that happened like 10 years ago. This happened last week. So we're walking. We're all walking, right? We're all walking along and seeing how the Lord can change our hearts. I'm going to pray that the Lord um, would do that for all of us. Um, okay, let's pray. Father, this, this woman, um, for you to make certain that her story is in Scripture, and that she is an example that the disciples are supposed to mimic dumbfound to me with the way in which you see and the way in which I see. Father, uh, we are asking you to help us to lift up our eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Father, help us to, to see those around us. Help us to pray for those that are far, so far from us we can't minister to them. Help us to, to care for and love and support financially and also emotionally our missionaries. Father, help us also to ask ourselves questions about how you want to use us in building your kingdom. And Lord Jesus, we want to rejoice together with you. We long for that. We long for it in a way that it's like seeing an old friend. Um, Father, help us. We trust your Holy Spirit. We trust the words in your scripture. And we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Because we're a little bit of that woman, and we're a little bit of those disciples too. And as believers, um, we are clothed in your righteousness. So Father, help us to not only be clothed by you, but to have your eyes. We ask these things through the power of your spirit, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Um, and we thank you on Valentine's Day. You love and adore us. And we don't quite understand that, but we'll take it. Um, we thank you for that. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Amen.